You are listening to My Diversion, the entertainment podcast hosted by Tom and Josh. Find us on the web at MyDiversion.com. Welcome to another episode of My Diversion. I'm your host, Tom, and welcome back as always, my co-host, Josh. What's up, man? Not much. Thanks for bringing me back. Not like I have much choice, but <laughs> no. Well, you yeah, can you always can't... Skype me and host one on your own. So yeah, that would be pretty. That'd be pretty lame, I think, if they just listened to me talk. All right. Uh, so this is going to be episode three. So welcome to episode three of my diversion. Um, the podcast is going to tickle your entertainment senses. Um, and it's going to make you thrilled and happy, and you're going to want more. At least that's what that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> that's what she said. That's what she said. And our four segments today, uh, we're going to do a review on Douglas Preston Lincoln Child's book, Gideon Sword. It's not Gideon Crew, it's Gideon Sword. Yeah, yeah. Segment two is going to be on John Panette, um, the comedian that we went and saw last week. And segment three will be on Trent Reznor, the ins and outs of what's going on with him currently, uh, his Oscar win, um, stuff like that, and some of the rumors that he's going to be doing this year from what we understand. And then the last segment, segment four, we're going to talk about Josh's new gun that, that only took six, Let's not eight. talk about how long it took to make, but yeah. <laughs> it's a custom deal, so it's 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 a pretty cool piece of uh, artillery. Pretty excited about it. It probably only took three or four dog years. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> All right, so let's just start off. Segment one. Gideon's Sword by Douglas Preston Lincoln Child. This book is a book that started off as they, the authors were touting off that this was going to be a new book in a new series of books with the, with the character called Gideon Crew, who was going to be the main character, and that they were going to build a, a whole series of books off this character, similar to what they did with Agent Aloysius Pendergast, and I think he's really the only one that has a series of books. There's a few. No. Sp- well, there's a few spinoff books that they've done. Well, but what about what about Wyman Ford? Wyman Ford, yeah, but that's a solo book. That's just Douglas Preston. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, he did. Douglas Preston did solo books with Wyman Ford, and they were called the Lincoln. Co- Link- didn't Lincoln Child do the same thing? Yeah, Lincoln okay. Child, but I don't think Lincoln Child has actually had like reoccurring characters in his oh okay i could be wrong i mean i've i've read or listened to all of them uh and i don't recall i don't recall any recurring characters in lincoln child books but douglas preston does he has wyman ford in how did that series go it goes the codex tyrannosaur canyon blasphemy and then impact does that sound right sure Take my word for it. Or, I, 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 yeah, yeah, t- yeah. Take Tom's word. For or it. go to mydiversion.com, hit the contact page, and then go ahead and chastise me where I screwed up. 
Or email me at Tom at MyDiversion.com. I'm already typing it up. Hang on. All right, yeah. <laughs> okay, so back to Getting Crew. Getting Crew, uh, this book came out February 22nd of this year. And there was a lot of anticipation for it, especially for me and Josh. We've been Preston Child fans for quite a few years now. Um, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Easy, yeah. Yep. Thanks to you. Um, You're welcome. I dev- yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's, it's, it's good. <laughs> I, I dedicate a lot of my time listening to the audio, audiobooks while I'm at work. And uh, the Douglas Preston, Lincoln Child, pretty much any of their books I'm a really big fan of really willing to listen to so yeah and they have 10 11 and possibly 12 books of the series with the agent Aloysius Pendergast there's also another Pendergast book coming up in August called Mm -hmm. Cold Vengeance which is going to be book two in the Helen trilogy uh the book one in the Helen trilogy was called Fever Dream which was great I was it's actually one of my more favorite Pendergast books, I think. Oh, yeah, it was very... I'd say it's on the level of the Diogenes trilogy, which yeah, is my favorite. So. It, what was cool, what was neat about this book, and I, I apologize if any of you guys aren't are naive to the whole Pendergast thing, but how it worked is this Fever Dream, which was book 10 or 11, I don't remember which, um, actually did a whole lot of backstory that has never been revealed about Agent Pendergast. Uh, even from book one, which was Relic, their very first book with Pendergast in it, there was only rumblings that he used to have a wife. She got killed in a hunting accident. Fever Dream picks up and then explains that whole backstory about his his wife and her death and, and then kind of built a mystery behind it. And now they're building that into a trilogy, which is pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> And I actually saw a cover of that book that's coming out, Cold Vengeance, um, in August 2nd, 2011. So, yeah, it's coming up, man. I'm excited. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, we're supposed to be st- <laughs> get back to Gideon Crew. Gideon Sword, which came out February 22nd. A uh, little bit of the backstory. At 12, Gideon Crew, the main character, watched his father, a world-class mathematician, accused of treason, and was gunned down in front of him. Uh, later, he, at around 24, his mother starts to pass away, pulls him to his, her bedside, starts to explain to him that uh, your father wasn't... A, wasn't uh, wasn't a criminal or he didn't commit that treason that he was accused of. He was actually innocent. And, and then she explained the conspiracy and, and the conspirators, which involved the government and stuff like that. Right. Yep. And then it just kind of goes off of that. And he's, he's not really like a, an agent or anything like that. He's just kind of like a, an independent con artist, sort of. He's not a con artist or anything like that, but he just has this impeccable skills to disguise himself as however he wants. And oh, you can tell it as it is. He was a museum thief. Oh, that's right. He that's yeah. true. He did. He yeah. was, but he supposedly turned the turned the table on that. Yeah, he yeah he's trying to get away from that. He was trying to get back to school, and yeah. but then on you know when his mom was on her deathbed, she. She pleads with him and begs for him to go and uh, avenge uh, 
his father's death. So, yeah, and so that's how the book goes. Uh, so let me, it's, it's it's a big roller coaster ride because he kind of takes care of that problem early on, but it leads into a lot of other things. So yeah, it, I will say that there's something that happens to this character actually pretty early on in the book that kind of frustrates me, but. I was kind of thinking that the authors were going to play with that storyline. We'll try to keep the spoilers at a minimum. I apologize in advance if I let any slip. But uh, something happens to the main character that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> and they never, even at the end of the book, they never really address it or solve it, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but you said you said you didn't like that, and I actually do. I mean, our you listeners do. will... Oh, yeah, I do like it because it's a twist. How many times do you get a twist like that in a book? And that's the thing. Our listeners are going to – we're not going to re- reveal the spoiler of what happens. But you – it's it's just something that – I mean, you've never heard that before. I don't think I've ever heard it before in one of the books I've listened to, you know? Yeah, and, that's true. And and, it, and it's, so it's, it's, it's pretty – I think it gives an interesting twist, something that they can play with. It so, does. Um, but – and it also uh, is an event that happens to him that's actually – sort of believable it's not like you know something that's you're like oh yeah right that's that's never gonna play out but i could buy i could buy something like that but uh, yeah it kind of messes with your head a little bit (laughs) anyway i won't ruin it okay so why don't we just start off Uh, let's give our reviews man um why don't you start off and then i'll give you my review okay well i liked it i know a lot of people didn't like it they can suck it. I liked it. I, I, I give it a 7 out of 10. And, and for me, that's that's a low rating when it comes to a Douglas Preston Lincoln child book because I'm usually up around the 8s, 9s, 10s. You give it a 7. And I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's not their best work. It's de- and I, I The book that I like the least of the Douglas Preston Lincoln child is uh, The Wheel of Darkness. But I still think it's a pretty good book. That was a Pendergast but, book, right? Wheel of Darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was right after the Diogenes trilogy. Yeah, it was the book right after the Diogenes trilogy. Yeah. Um, I just didn't like the the feel of it too much. I didn't like kind of how it went. But I put this above that one, hmm. and and I, I enjoyed this. I, I like this. I like the idea of a of a new character. I mean, I really like Pendergast, but at some point, I don't want them to get so burned out on it that they kill him off. So if they need to take a break for a while and and uh, go on with the new character, kind of like when they go on to do their solo works. I'm all for it. Plus, you never know. Maybe maybe Gideon will will uh, cross paths with uh, Pendergast sometime. Yeah, the authors of Rumor and that on they their are website. In the same, but they are on the same universe. They are in the same universe, obviously. Yeah, yeah. They, they so. are. And, and that, I mean, that that's kind of an intriguing tale. And, and I know the authors have been asked that question, and they've kind of alluded to that. Like, ah, oh, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But I also I also like that he's just kind of like some kind of like some Joe Blow off the street, just like some average person. He doesn't have like any, you know, military training or any right. you know, law enforcement training. He doesn't have anything like that. It's just kind of like street smarts that he has. I kinda of like that. Yeah, he so. gets his butt kicked a lot though. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, more of a you know, of a normal person. <laughs> more of somebody you can relate to, right? <laughs> right, Tom? Right? Right. <laughs> All right, so my, my review, um, one word, disappointing. I I was really looking forward to this. I, I mean, really looking forward to this. And um, 
I just couldn't find myself getting into it like I have with the other books. And I'll even build off you a little bit, Josh, because I didn't, I didn't, wasn't a big fan of Will of Darkness, but I, I, I liked Will of Darkness more than this one. Oh. Will of Darkness, I would probably give a five out of ten. And this one, I would give a three or four out of ten. Uh, and just, just, uh, just to make sure that uh, I'll let everybody know that I'm not that far off of what. <laughs> the general public saying I'm on Amazon right now and there's 130 reviews of Gideon Sword right now and they have two stars out of five highlighted. Go ahead, so, Tom, be like everybody else. I know, I'm I'm just part <laughs> of the peer pressure here. <laughs> I can't uh, wait until we have dinner with Douglas Preston and his wife down on the ranch and you know, they're gonna try and give a book clinic and I'll be like, Yeah, this is the guy who doesn't like food. His name's Tom. And also, while we're at it... He, he doesn't, doesn't like food. Kid. He doesn't like food. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's just a fuel. But he also doesn't like your new book. He he, he thinks you guys suck pretty oh, much. Oh, come on. And See, then, that's and the then you're going to try and defend yourself and then be like, wait, he didn't like our newest book? I'll be like, yeah, he didn't like your newest book. He's like all those other people that didn't like your oh, book. That you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, think, I think seeing that they're authors, I think they can take a little bit of heat if they're not going to show up with their with the skills that they have. Oh, come on, I thought they showed up. Okay, for example, I'll read I'll I'll read the most highlighted feedback right here on Amazon. And that pretty much echoes what I what I would say. It says, gee, I almost felt like a traitor right even writing this. I'm a Preston Child completist, individual novels included. So obviously he's he's similar to me. I've been active on their Facebook page where, unlike other authors, they've made it a point to read and respond to as many questions and comments as possible. So I feel more personal connection to Doug and Link than I do with any other authors. I wanted so much to love this new character and series. Alas, Gideon's Sword is easily the weakest effort of their careers. The whole thing feels short. Okay, you guys mark my words. You and whoever wrote that, you guys mark my words. Book two is going to come out, and you guys will all be like, oh, that first book totally makes sense now. We're all behind it. This hey, awesome hey, character. you know what? And and I'll be the first one to grab that spoon up to that bowl of crow, and I'll eat it. Um, I hope so. I hope that book two in the Gideon Crew series makes me think, oh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that would be great. I'll, and you know what? And this doesn't mean that I'm not going to stop listening or reading the books. Not by any means. Right. Well, and I'm I and I know that person whose quote you were at. I know that person will also pick up the second Gideon yes. Crew book when it comes out. Because that's the thing is, if you're a fan of Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child, you want every bit of literature that they write. It's all yeah. good. I mean, even that person is going to give that review is still going to say if that book was sitting there and this book from Joe Blow down, you know, down here, they're still going to pick up the Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child because they're going to be like, yeah. It's still going to be better than what that person wrote. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think Douglas Preston Lincoln Child are still way above, way above average as far as authors go. Way above. I mean, yeah. they've they've written books that, in my mind, are phenomenal reads. They get ten out of tens. You know, just amazing. I just think that, it's a good thing they don't write scripture. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I just think it's I think it's amazing. It's it's just like what this with this reviewer said on Amazon. It says if you're a Douglas if you're just discovering Preston and Child, don't start here. They're much better than this. I would completely echo that. If you haven't been introduced to Preston and Child books, 
I would say start with the Pendergast books primarily, go back to Relic, or even just start off with Cabinet Curiosities or the Diogenes trilogy. Yeah. Or or even some of their independent works or their other works like Ice Limit or Thunderhead. What are some of the other ones? Something. Uh, Monster of Florence. Oh yeah, that's just a Douglas Preston book, but that's really good. Yeah, but but the, yeah, you know you're right. No, I'd actually uh, my suggestion if you're starting where I'd say start with Relic. Yeah, that, that's your safe spot. Just just start with book one of the of the Pendergast and go. Yeah, just do the best and, you can to make sure you're following the story because they do have reoccurring characters and themes. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't be like Tom and, and listen <laughs> to Cemetery Dance first and then go, oh, well maybe I should go back and you know catch this one. Exactly. Maybe you should go back and catch this one. You basically listen to the Diogenes trilogy backwards. Well, right? more or less. I, I listened to Book of the Dead, which is the third book in the Diogenes trilogy first. That's right. Not 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 Cemetery Dance Book. Of yeah, the yeah, yeah. I did that one first. Then I did Brimstone. Then I went back to Relic and backtracked. It was embarrassing. So you guys out there, follow my bad example by not doing what I did. Right. All right. So. Let's move on. Segment. Let's see. Segment two. John Panette, the comedian, the performer, the loud voice, the guy that's always hungry. (laughs) Uh, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. and Maybe I'll I'll read some of this stuff, and you tell me if you've heard some of this stuff, Josh. Okay. He was born in 1962. He's toured the comedy club since since the 80s. He's been on TV. He's done impressions in his stand-up. Uh, of the Chipmunks, Elvis Presley, Gollum <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. Don't forget uh, the Ewoks. Yeah, he says the Ewoks <laughs> here. And it says uh, Tattoo from Fantasy Island. <laughs> hey, boss, the plane, the plane. He says he also he also occasionally sings part as part of his act, his modified rendition of Over the Rainbow from Wizard of Oz. And we witnessed that. Yeah, we did. it was... Awesome! It was amazing. It was so good. And Tom hasn't seen The Wizard of Oz, but no. I will attest to because I've seen it. I'll admit I've seen that movie. It was it was almost eerily creepy how good he sang as the lion. Like yeah, as the lion, you said wow. Yeah. But I mean, all of it was awesome. But I mean, it was like holy crap! Did he? <laughs> Is it was that guy who sang as the line? Was he like reincarnated as this guy? Because it's awesome. <laughs> so it was good. It was really good and hilarious. You know, because he changes all the words for the buffet and for the food and everything. It was great. So yeah, it was. No, great. and as the Munchkins, he was awesome as the Munchkins too. So. <laughs> That's true. He does pretty good impressions. Yes, uh, he does. It also says here, Panette was named as Stand Up Comedian of the Year by the American Comedy Awards in 1999. That's cool, man. I didn't know that. And in 2004, Panette joined the touring cast of Hairspray. Um, If anybody has, uh, and so that means he performed on Broadway. If if you've ever watched his, uh, was I'm Starving? Is that the one? Yep. That's the one. That's the one that's available for streaming on Netflix right now. We we both highly, highly recommend that. I think that's how we both got introduced to him, right? Uh, Yeah, but if you're smart, you'll just buy it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Buy his other stuff. 
Uh, but he actually talks about his experience on uh, Broadway doing hairspray where he had to wear pantyhose. Um, he had she to had sh- to shave his shave his eyebrows. He he had to shave his eyes. She had to shave his eyes. <laughs> in part of his act, and we'll we'll play we'll play some small snippets in this. Uh, in part of his act, he says, "I had to shave my eyebrows." In hairspray, I played a woman. <laughs> That's right, John. Would you like to be the lead in a musical on Broadway? Yeah. Okay, put this dress on and shave your eyebrows. They made me shave my eyebrows. Mark, come out here. This is me with no eyebrows. Well, there there are other alternatives. They said you can pluck them, then I'm walking around with ladies' eyebrows. Plus, I wasn't a fan of having the son of a bitches ripped out one by one. They said you could wax them. Oh, yes, put that right near my eye. Socially, this was difficult for me. When you have no eyebrows, people don't know what's wrong. And what does he say? He says something like, uh, ladies, you, <laughs> those men, they don't know what we go through. They don't know what we go through to look beautiful for them. Yeah. Plus, dressing as a woman, it's a lot of work. Ladies, the men don't know what we go through to look beautiful. No, I liked it when he was talking about the pantyhose and how he said his toenails were like box cutters. And he says by the time he'd get it up to his waist, he'd be standing there with a band in his hand. So. <laughs> and what, he says something like, we, we have all this technology, but we can't fix pantyhose from ripping? Yeah. yeah, we have bulletproof fabric, but we can't stop the pantyhose from ripping. Guys don't think of that stuff. My toenails were like box cutters. <laughs> By the time I get the pantyhose to my knees, I'd shred them. <laughs> I, had a, I went to a spa for my toenails, and they wouldn't take me. A vet clipped me outside the theater. <laughs> By the time I got, got the pantyhose to my belly button, I pretty much just had a band in my hand. <laughs> And as a guy, I had a hard time with these pantyhose because you'd rip them. I'd go through like a case of them a week. It freaks me out. Guys, we have our underwear 10, 12 years. And I'm going through all these pantyhose. And I don't understand why these pantyhose rip so easily. You don't do anything in them. You go, rip. Why? They rip. Bring them back. Ladies don't do that. They throw them out. We have fabric that stops bullets, and the pantyhose are ripping, and it's built in obsolescence, and it's both. Yeah, no, I, I liked, uh, but we went and saw him. We saw him live at Wise Guys up in West Valley in, in Utah. Man, it was so awesome to see him live. Oh, and yeah. And he, he is loud, but so, so funny. Oh, oh yeah. that was such a good night. That was such a good night. Yeah, he was he was absolutely phenomenal. He kind of heckled some of the opening acts. <laughs> yep, yep. But but the opening acts were both good too. I mean, we're not saying that he was heckling them because they were bad acts. No, they were good acts. It was just I felt like he was playing with them. Yes, because he wanted to come on already. Yeah, so. he kind of was trying to downplay him as such a big name and a big performer. I think and yeah. I think it worked good. He was was phenomenal. And and just to let everybody know, he got we did the last show on Saturday 
and he got a standing ovation, which he rightly earned. It was he was phenomenal. Yeah, I almost stood up on the table for him, but I wasn't that drunk. So, <laughs> and nobody put the nachos that high for you to reach, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, if they put the nachos that high to reach, he would have said, "No, get them down for me while you're up there." So, yeah, except for in our performance, he didn't like the chips. You're right. He didn't like the chips that were there. It was pretty funny because he comes out. There's two. There's two things that he talked about during his live performance. Uh, while we watched him, it was he brought out some nachos with him, which I thought was pretty funny. And then he started complaining about like. These are multi-grain chips. These are disgusting. There's seven, what do you say? He says seven grains in them and they're all gross. Yep. He says there's seven grains, seven grain chips. <laughs> I didn't think there were seven grains anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and all seven of them were disgusting. And then he yep. puts the nachos down on somebody that was in the front row there and says, go ahead. And, and then even later on the show, he's like, you're still not eating that, are you? I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> it was good. It was very good. Yeah. So yeah, he talked. He talked about that. He talked about when he came out. He said, "If you're uh, if you're here and you don't like food, you're in the wrong place." And that's I, why I, I tried to tell Tom. You see, he's trying to tell you to leave right now. Yeah, I know. I I almost said, "Well, I guess that's me." I guess I better get out of here. <laughs> and he says, "If you're here for WikiLeaks, you're also in the wrong area." Exactly. So I like yeah. that. I like that he he kind of claims that theme of food, you know, and he just runs with it. Yeah. And I said, I'm dying of hunger. It's morta de fame. Morta de fame. We're going to feed you. You're going to explode all over the wall. I said, could we order? He said, no. First, we're going to bring out some food. And that's when I heard the angels. Oh. I thought it was going to bring out like an antipasto. He brought out antipasto, fried calamari, potato and gnocchi, pollo vodostano, eggplant malanese. And he says, now we come, we take your order. You're not scaring me. And, and, and I will say that, I mean, he, he had all but new material, I mean, from his stand-up specials uh there was only one or two things that he he repeated yeah i'm trying to remember it i think the water park one that was one that i'd heard before. yeah i get to the top of the slide and it's not a slide now i have slid when you slide you go we <laughs> this is not what happened it was a drop If it said giant drop, I wouldn't have walked up. John, do you want to go on the drop? No, I'm going to go get a hot dog. I'll see you guys after you drop. I'm falling. I see my family walking up. It's that a slide! I hit the water. Oh, God. Those people shouldn't have been there. I pop out of the water. Where's my baby? Where's my baby? Not to blame him. I think that was because they hadn't passed out checks to everybody yet for their drinks that they got. So yeah, as we, as so they were kind of like we will, as we will we money. So yeah, because we just we just we're just coming off of uh, weekend number two from Wise Guys in West Valley, where we saw Bill Burr, and yet again they were <laughs> they had a tough time handing out the checks at the end of the night. Yep. But hey, yeah. but they they're still it's a good venue. It's a really good venue. Yeah, it's a great strip mall to play in. 
<laughs> strip mall. Sorry, that is what Bill Burr said. We'll give a review of Bill Burr on our next podcast. But yeah, we will. Let's not get too far ahead on that. All right, we'll make it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but no, Wise Guys, it's a great venue. It's in a strip mall in in West Valley. It is a great venue. Don't 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 let that downplay it. Go support your local comedians. Go and see the big acts that they are able to bring in. Wise Guys is an awesome place for comedy. So. Yeah, we, we actually talked about um, on our ride home over the weekend, we were saying, you know, I wish they had like an annual pass that we could just go and see all these acts that are coming. Yeah. Because they have yeah. some pretty big names. They've got Harlan Williams coming, I think, this next next weekend. That's so. next week. And they got Josh Blue, who my wife wanted to see. I still might have to go see that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Tough it out, man. Tough it out. You can go see I'd, I'd like to see him. I <laughs> No, you know, he's very he's very funny. That yeah, guy is awesome. Yeah. yeah, so uh let me let me give a quick little list of on here on Wikipedia on John Panette's discography. Is that how you say that? Discography? Yeah. Discography. 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 <laughs> Come on, man. In nineteen ninety eight. speak hang on, don't you speak English? <laughs> okay. And and this is this is actually something that I need to take note of. That's why I'm reading it. In 1998, he had the CD come out called "Show Me the Buffet," which I have not listened to yet, but it will be on my list to get very soon. But in his show, just just before you continue on with this, he said he has a new book coming out, and I really hope he does. Yeah, he does. It was called uh, "Around the World in 80, 80 Buffets." Days. Yeah, 80 Buffets. That's right. He does. Yeah, yeah, I want that book. Yeah, that'll be good. I'm and, going on Amazon right now to see if they're taking <laughs> Stay stay with the podcast too, man. I don't <laughs> I don't still need here. It. You can handle this on your own. <laughs> You're like, I'll talk to you later, Tom. <laughs> and 2005, he has a DVD out called I Say Nay Nay. I did yep. not know that. Uh, in 2006, that's when he released his DVD I'm Starving, which is the one we both have seen and listened to multiple times. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then he, I guess he had a CD out in 2007 called Making Light of Myself. And in 2011, this year, he's coming out with a new stand-up special that's even on his website uh, called Still Hungry. So those are his big comedy releases. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, we encourage you to go out and find John Panette's stuff. Buy his albums, buy his DVDs. He's he's a great comedian for sure. Yep, and uh, his book's not on Amazon yet. Not even for reserve. Not right even yet. for pre-order. No. Segment number three. Trent Reznor. Now, this this segment might run a little long, <laughs> and if that's if that happens, so be it. Uh, Reznor. First off, uh, I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. Have been for a long, long time. And I know Josh, we've you've debated that you're actually a bigger Trent Reznor Nine Inch Nails fan than I am. Oh yes. We've never really arm wrestled that to see who actually wins, but I think <laughs> I think it well you never sold his albums and then rebought them, have you? Yes, I have. Okay. 
then I guess we're both kind of the same. But the, here's the here's the catch though. Here's the catch. I sold the, the albums that I sold, and then I bought back. I bought back all of them. That's Did true. you? Did you? Um, not all of them. No. There. Okay. So that's you, why I can. But you even went on a little spree where you're trying to collect all the halos, right? Yeah. Yeah. And for those that don't know, this is very inside baseballish with Nine Inch Nails. But Reznor uh, has released ever since the beginning. They call he calls them halos, which is like numbering his his releases, his official yeah. studio releases, and it, that includes singles. Because I think Halo One is Terrible Lie single. It actually includes video. Yeah, it includes his, his video too, his DVDs yes. or VHS ones. Which I do you, have, the, and I do have a VHS copy of uh, Disclosure. Of closure. Closure. Just called Closure. Yeah. Closure. Okay. So. Yeah. So he's got a lot of Halos. I'm not even sure what Halo he's up to now. Do you even know? No, I don't. Yeah, but uh, because because it gets to the point where I've lost track of which Halo he's on now. Because now I'm trying to collect his other stuff. You know, he's. He's gone off. He's doing uh, "How to Destroy Angels." Yep. His his band with his wife. He's he's doing uh, recordings um, with Atticus Ross for. Um, I mean, he, he him and Atticus Ross did the the Social Network soundtracks, and now he's getting into doing soundtracks for movies. So it's 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 kind of getting diversified. Where well, I gotta go get this. Like I even went and picked up uh, you know Sean Williams' album that he um, promoted, helped produce uh, that that Niggy Tardust, and that was a great album. I thought. Yeah, that was so, pretty good. I did listen yeah. to that. It it, for me, it's almost anything that Trent Reznor touches, I want to listen to. So. Yeah. And uh, he's, and since the album, uh, what what album did he break off with his uh, record company? Was it with Teeth? Was that the last one he did with uh, Nothing Records? I think with Teeth was the last one with Nothing Records when yeah. he finally broke away. So. Yeah, once he did that, he started producing the albums uh, on his own. Um, but let's just, because just for time-wise, we'll just move up to the slip. The slip he released, uh, which surprised, I think, every one of his fans, as far as I'm concerned, he uh, he just released it free of charge to his fans. As a matter of fact, you can go right now to theslip.nin.com, and you can still don't download that full studio album for free. And it's a good album. I mean, it's great. Yeah. Yep. And he's done a bunch. Of, I mean, he's really been busy in the last ten years with music. So let's 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 move up to the last. Let's move up to last year and this year. So, like you mentioned earlier, Josh, he he did uh, a side project with his wife, uh, Marianne, Marianne, whatever. His his wife. <laughs> Uh, whatever her name is. I think it's Mary Queen. Mary Queen. Mary Queen Margulies or something like that. I think is what it is. She's she's Mary Queen Manding Mandig. Okay, something like that. I'm sorry if I try. If you ever hear this, I'm sorry if I butchered your wife's name. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful woman. Great voice. She has a great voice. I love her voice. And and how the strangers is great. Yeah. So he he and his wife and Atticus Ross. Formed the side project How to Destroy Angels, released the album. They actually, they originally released it for uh, MP3 download on uh, online, and then they was, released. And it was a free download. Yeah, it was a free download, and then uh, they June released 2010. So. Then they released the physical copies, including a vinyl that you could buy of that album. Mm-hmm. 
they did that, and then he obviously did, which everybody probably knows or should know, that him and Atticus Ross did the Social Network soundtrack, which you'd mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and he won an Oscar for. So I wanted to publicly congratulate both those guys for such a great effort and album because I've been listening to it for the last couple weeks, and I told Josh just the other day on the phone it's it's actually becoming one of my more favorite albums of Reznor as far as instrumental goes it's it's amazing yeah and what I find interesting is it's it's very similar the feel and the sound is similar to ghosts yes and I find it funny that the review everybody gave ghosts was that they hated it the diehard nine inch shells fans loved it didn't you you enjoyed it didn't you ghosts? I did I did okay. but 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 I will throw a little criticism at it as well it's it's really long it's two it's two CDs it's all Actually, I think it's four. Is it four? Is it four? I think it's four. Okay, maybe it's four, but it's all instrumental. And some of the instrumental songs on there are really slow, and some of them are really. How would you describe it? Um, tough to get into or get through. Not if you're a diehard Nine Inch Nails right. fan. If, if, if you're, you're hard, talking, you're talking to the lay fan coming into it. Hey, but but I consider myself hardcore. I, I'm a right, pretty right. No, you know, and I know you enjoyed it. Yeah. So I find it funny that he gets this criticism that people are saying it's absolute garbage. It's the worst thing he's ever put out. Yeah. And then him and Adam Chris Ross, they get together and they do the Social Network soundtrack, and he wins an Oscar for it. And they say how great it was and how awesome it was that it that it just worked out perfect. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, hang on. These same people were the ones who bashed him for ghosts. Yeah, well. And, and it's almost, and it's, some of the stuff's very similar. And I'm like, well, where do these people get off? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because it is it is very similar. And Ghost, is, Ghost was a great album. I mean, it was a good release. And what's interesting about Ghost 2, I don't spend too much time on it. It actually has quite a few, if I remember right, when he released it, he said that some of that music he had even created when he was doing The Fragile. Um, right? Yeah. Because on The Fragile album, there's there's a few instrumental songs that are actually very similar to what's on Ghosts. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, if you listen and you like and you really enjoy The Social Network, I think we would both agree that you should go and get his album, Ghosts, all the four. You're right, it is. It's four CDs. Yeah, get, album, good, one, luck, two, three, good luck four. getting, good luck getting a, one of the uh, 2,500 limited edition copies that he put out. Yeah, I think they were gone within three days. Yeah. So, but okay. So the Social Network uh, soundtrack, he he got an Oscar for that. That and if I recall right, when he first announced that he was going to do the soundtrack, he almost seemed a little hesitant. Like, um, I'm not so sure I should be doing uh, scores for movies. Did you get that feeling when he was first tweeting, tweeting yeah. about it and all that? Yeah. Yep. But he he went him and Atticus Ross did it, and the movie was nominated for several awards. I think even Best Picture, if I recall. Mm-hmm. But it didn't win Best Picture. I think King's Speech did. Yep. And but it was cool because I haven't I never I didn't watch the Oscars, um, and that should be freaking obvious to you guys. I I don't watch the Oscars, dude. I'm not a big award show guy. Do you okay. think if Trent wasn't Excuse nominated? Me. You think if Trent wasn't nominated, do you think he would have been there to watch it? 
<laughs> right. He, he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been there if he was. Yeah, he wasn't on the ticket. But uh, so I had to. I had to go on YouTube and find the clip where um, him and Atticus Ross got up and accepted his award, and that was so cool. I got to tell you, that was that was awesome because when he went up there, the entire cast for Social Network. Uh, I don't remember their names. I guess T- Timberlake is one of them. <laughs> He's like the only one that I know by name. But uh, they all stood up when uh, Reznor and uh, Ross went up to accept their Oscars. That was cool, dude. It was. It was awesome. And I know. So. And I know that it was such. It was such a good moment for Reznor that's been so long awaited. In my mind, it, it's it's one of those things where he's kind of fought against the music industry, or at least uh, corporations and and record companies. He's been like this this renegade who's created this thing that's so phenomenal for his fans. And and it's so nice to finally see him get recognized, which both you and me, Josh, have basically said, it's about time. Yep. <laughs> when when yep. everybody else is like, hey, good job, Mr. Reznor. Very good job. When all of us are like, shush. Really? Now you're going to recognize him kind of exactly. a deal? Yeah. 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 So, I, no, so I uh I I I watched Social Network recently. And uh how recently? Just before we started this. <laughs> so, but uh um I found myself focusing more on the music, more on the music <laughs> of the movie than the film itself. And they speak fast in that movie. The the kid that plays Zuckerberg is just a million miles a minute, I swear. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm missing what he's saying because I'm trying to listen to the music because oh, I'm really, really digging it. So, yeah. But, no, it was a good flick. It was a really good flick. Like the movie, though? Oh, yeah, I did. I enjoyed the movie. Um, yeah, I enjoyed the music more. So. <laughs> well, I, I watched the movie, too, a while ago. been trying to get on, uh, trying to get Josh to watch this movie for who knows how long. It's, I've had it here at the house from Netflix for like two weeks. Give me a break. Yeah. I've been busy. It's, I've been busy. It's been a crap. Like, I didn't want to get a paper cut opening the envelope. <laughs> well, no, my wife wasn't home. She was somewhere else. And yeah, I know. I don't, you guys, I don't get the mail. Hey, so. it, it, I'll just go ahead and say, dude, you, you've had plenty of legitimate reasons the last couple of weeks. So I, I give you a hard time. But, yeah. I, Boy, I, you sure didn't make me feel like it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. I'll, I'll I'll quickly say that I enjoyed the movie too, um, and I thought the music, the way it played out in the movie, was actually absolutely phenomenal. My my favorite part of the movie that kind of lines up with the music really really well, and I think it's actually the pinnacle of the movie, is where Zuckerberg's supposedly wired into their new Facebook uh, lab, and the uh, the partner. What was his name? The guy that was suing him. Sheesh, right, move along. Move along. Okay, the guy that's suing him, he's, he's one of the main <laughs> characters in the movie. He's the one that gets uh, slighted by Zuckerberg. He goes down there, and he he slams Zuckerberg's headphones off and gets confronted by Timberlake, who's supposedly the Napster guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, and so they have this big confrontation. That whole scene, if you pay attention and listen to the, how the music is part of it. It's ah, it's phenomenal, phenomenal. And yeah. if anybody and if anybody knows anything about really good movies, 
knows how important and intricate good music is to the success of a good movie. I mean, you can go back and say, okay, what are the good movies in history? Well, we could say, you know, like Indiana Jones or Star Wars, who just so happened to be the same composer, John Williams. Yeah. I mean, phenomenal music, phenomenal music. And you well, can but even, the, we, we can even go and look at another movie that Trent Reznor, he didn't do the music for, but they used his music in it. Uh, if you go back and you look at Man on Fire. Oh, anytime, yeah. Denzel anytime, Washington, yeah. Yeah, anytime you, they mention how, uh, you know, the girl, Dakota Fanning in it, was um is in trouble and how he needs to get revenge for for what happened to her it's it, you know they play that 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 guitar riff from, <laughs> and it's just from 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 Trent Reznor it's just like it's just awesome and it it and it's perfect for that movie it was just perfect in that movie remember they used a little Reznor in uh, the movie 7 with Brad Pitt and uh Morgan Freeman yep that was a yep. phenomenal movie too <laughs> yeah other, you you, you got to remember, you got to mention that he also did the soundtrack for Quake video game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually that was actually some good stuff. Was that in the early nineties? Yeah. Game. Yeah. Yeah, because that's kind of where he went on his hiatus. Because I think he was too busy playing the game, listening to his own music. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually think he admitted to that that he was. It might not have been Quake, but he was he was too busy playing video games. Yeah, he was. He went through. Uh, that time that was pretty cool, but uh, yeah. So uh, let's let's go ahead and uh, mention some of the rumors that's surrounding Reznor right about now. So yeah, this this stuff gets me so excited I can't even tell you. Um, it sounds like well, it's been has, doesn't sound like. Excuse me, it's been confirmed that Trent Reznor and and I believe Atticus Ross. It doesn't actually yes, say Atticus, it is no, and Atticus Ross, both been, of them have been confirmed to do the soundtracks for the new movies, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Now the, you, can't, you can't say new movies because they're already out, but these will be the American adaptations of them. Yeah, yeah you're right. These, these okay. are the, there are already the foreign movies out there. You can get them on Netflix streaming. <laughs> awesome. They, awesome. Are, they are pretty good. They are, they are pretty good. They have subtitles, but they're really good. And... And I'm trying to remember the girl that's going to be playing Elizabeth, but I, I can't remember. Anyway, but it's but it's really freaking cool that Reznor signed on to do another score for soundtrack for some new movies. And not only that, but three new movies. That's big. Huge, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, other rumors surrounding Reznor this year? Um, according to NoiseCreep.com is reporting that Reznor has confirmed through the through his website, that a new Nine Inch Nails album is in the works. On top of that, he's also putting out another How to Destroy Angels album this year, the project that includes his wife and Atticus Ross. And yeah. he's, which is, that's a, I mean, think about that for a minute. I mean, he's, he's just going to work overload. And he's also, Reznor is also confirmed to be, to star in a cameo role in uh, Tim Burton's movie Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, but I don't really care too much about that. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll watch. I'll watch for him, but blah blah blah. But it's the music stuff that he's doing, dude. A new NIN album, a new How to Destroy Angels album, and the new soundtracks for D Dragon Tattoo movies. Oh. It's going to be could, sweet, man. Could it get any better? I mean, really? I'm afraid if it does, I'm afraid if it does, I won't leave my house. I mean, I, I think it'll be the end of the world. 
And and for those who who want to actually know, here's a little behind the scenes for my diversion. This kind of news was actually what sparked me and Josh to want to do this podcast, to be frank. <laughs> uh, this is the kind of stuff where we just get all geeky and nerdy. I mean, this stuff is amazing. Reznor, I mean, he he's kind of hitting his peak. I mean, he seems like he's hit his peak in the last 20 years, but <laughs> he's still just kind of riding it out. But but uh, the fact that he hasn't given up and he's not taking a break, because as a Nine Inch Nails fan, we're used to him Putting out an album and then disappearing for for, for four, three to five years, yeah, so. four to five years. But it's phenomenal. But that's but, but you also have to say the last five years for Nine Inch Nails has been absolutely awesome. Oh, amazing! Because he's just been constantly putting stuff out, and I actually will roll in and say that How Did Destroy Angels fits in with the Nine Inch Nails sound and feel very, very, very well. So it's almost like every time he releases a How Did Destroy Angels album, and I can say anytime he releases is because they say they're putting out another one. Remember, you just said that. And so it's like, oh, that almost counts as like another Nine Inch Nails album. And then somewhere in there, you sit there and you say, oh, so are we going to get remix albums of both of those? Yeah, because so you get start to get really, really excited. Yeah, so. Re- Reznor um, has been known to do remix albums of just about everything he's done. He's moved towards um, allowing fans to remix his music as well. If you go to which are good too, yeah, they're re- some of them are so. phenomenal. Some of them are crap, but some of them are absolutely phenomenal. If if you go to remix.nin.com, you have a vast library of free fan created music of his music. Highly recommend that. Highly recommend that. Anything else yeah. you want to add? Nah. Um, no. I just uh, if you don't have Nine Inch Nails albums, go buy some. You'll you won't be disappointed. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't even say where to start. I would just say just pick, pick up one. one up. Yeah, just pick one up. I think so. Year Zero is the one that I've been kind of burning on right now. I like that. That's yeah. Have you heard anything about the? The adaptation of the story or the HBO series, did that kind of die off with Year Zero? No, that was one of the things that he uh, he released a Twitter about the other day because he was, he was supposed to do the Vampires and and uh, was it Abraham Lincoln movie or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln. That was going to be uh, – what's his name is doing it? Tim Burton. Tim Burton, that's right. And uh, he, he said he was he, – they, they had asked him to do the soundtrack, and he actually released a Twitter. He says, I'm not going to do that. Um, and I actually, when I saw that, because it, it was an abbreviation of what the movie was, and I was freaking out because Tom was telling me, oh, he's doing the Dragon Tattoo movies, but I'd forgotten which ones he told me. So I called Tom, and I'm like, holy crap, I think he's backing out of the one. And we had to find out and make sure that he wasn't backing out of, out of the, you know, the Dragon Tattoo movies. But he said in there that he's also busy working on the, the, the Year Zero, uh, the live kind of viral TV show. Um, is it is it going to be viral like a web thing then? No, no. I think he said it was going to still be on HBO. So okay. Um, so it's it, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for that. So yeah, that that as far as I know is is still on. One thing you forgot to mention. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, in November, right after Social Network was released, he remastered uh, Pretty Hate Machine. Oh yeah. Well, that was a long fight. I mean, he'd been trying to get sole ownership of the rights to Pretty Hate Machine and so he could do that, so he could remaster yeah. it and clean it up and put it in HD sound. Yeah. And and make it his again. Yeah. So, yeah, highly, a good fight to win. Yeah. So. That, that's that's a high I mean, 
Yeah, I guess if I was to say if you're going to start with Nine Inch Nails, you got to start with Pretty Hate Machine, right? <laughs> yep. Love that segment. Okay. Segment number four. Turn the tables a little bit. This is a... This isn't going to be anything about music, movies, or anything like that. We're going to talk a little bit about Josh and a new piece of artillery that he's acquired. <laughs> no, artillery is the other one. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. in, in 2010, Josh decided to make one of the craziest, uh, debatably stupidest decisions of his life. <laughs> yeah! He went and uh, I remember when he was first decided to do this, he calls me up. He's like, dude, wouldn't it be cool if you could get a gun custom made with your own number and have it painted, blah, 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 blah. Well, he, yeah, he if you can track down the lowest serial number you can find. So, <laughs> yeah. so you did it. You went through with it. You got the gun. Well, you put in the order just the way you want it. Um, and they made it for you. They painted it. They put everything you wanted on it. And it's about, what, 95% complete? Or is it 100% right? No, it's done. It is. Uh, we were going to get a knife that mounted on it, but it looks like that was going to be a problem. So the gun is done. Um, the guy's still making me a knife, but it's just a knife. So, Yeah. All right, so why don't you tell us what exactly? I mean, I'm sure everybody's just sitting on the edge of their seat. Like, what is this gun? What what's what's it called? What, is it is it a, is it called the zombie killer? What, what is it? Well, it is it is my zombie gun, and and I have <laughs> I have right out of the box since we mentioned that it's my zombie gun. I have two regrets. Okay. Oh. Hang on, everybody! Right. Before you're like, oh, everybody's groaning right now. Like, no, really. My two regrets were not telling the guy to start with that I was going to call it my zombie gun. Okay. <laughs> and the second regret was since I didn't tell him that it was going to be my zombie gun, he said if I would have told him the day I ordered it, when he was making the lower for it, he could have made it where it says, you know, fire and safe, you know, your safety switch. Right. He could have changed it from safe to zombie. Which just would have been so cool. Just would have been so cool to have that actually etched where it says fire, you know. So it would have been really cool to have it say "Die Zombie Die." That'd be that would be even better. But that was that's my only regret. But this is this is what I got. It's an AR-15. And before everybody goes, oh, just an AR-15. No, no, hear me out. This is an RIP <laughs> Tactical. This is made by RIP Tactical. It's an AR-15. I got serial numbers RIP-003. And it's not just a normal, you know, AR-15. Most AR-15s are gas-operated. This one is piston-operated, which means all the gas travels down the barrel, hits a little piston at the end, which causes the gun's action to cycle, and then all the gas leaves out the front of the gun. So you don't get any of that blowback back up into the breech and everything. So it's it's a clean gun. The bolt stays cold instead of getting that, that freaking hot, hot, hot where you can't even pull it out. you got to wait for the gun to cool down. And it just it's smooth. 
It is just super smooth. It's chambered in 5.56 five, or 223 for, you know, us in the U.S. <laughs> and then it's, uh, it's, it's, got a, it's got the compensator on the front. And the compensator has four spikes. You've seen those, Tom. They're pretty sharp. Yeah, you guys can and go to mydiversion.com. We'll have a we'll have a picture of the of that gun on our site. It looks pretty freaking sweet. We might even have multiples because there's a lot. Of <laughs> Josh has access to the site, so he might just load it up with it. This is all you guys want to see. It's just my gun. Uh, so it's got that. I threw an e- I threw my EOTech sight on it. Um, it's got a red and green laser. It's got the flashlight on the side. Uh, it's got the the foregrip that you hit the button on, and the bipod pops out. It's just it's the back's all aluminum stock. It's just sweet, just sweet. And so the little tweaks that he did extra on it, you know, he put the Punisher skulls for the mag release and for the pins that hold the lower to the upper. He did a Timmy trigger. I mean, the thing's got totally customized trigger job on it. It's just sweet, just sweet. So Steve, that's my none that's of that, my none baby. Of that. None of that's overkill. No, man. All of it's all. It's all about intimidation. If you don't ever have to pull the trigger, you win. So right before you shoot them, they'll be like, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> Pretty much, to be like, "Oh, can you show it to me first, and then I'll move again?" Yeah. Or you shoot them like, "Okay, as long as none of your blood hits my uh, the nice paint job." You never. You didn't mention the paint job. Yeah, we uh, we had it dura coated in uh, in digital camo. Um, matches really well with the, yeah, yeah, it looked, it looks awesome. You guys just look, check out the pictures on the site. You'll, you'll dig it. Utah custom camo did the, did the Duracoat for me. And, uh, yeah, yeah. RIP tactical built the gun for me. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm totally satisfied. Totally satisfied. So. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I was able to hold the gun, (laughs) And it was actually very, very impressive. I was, I mean, I know how long this of a fight this has been. If, if any of you out there have ever had to custom build really anything, a car, a gun, you know, or even a house or build a house, you know all the headaches involved. Um, and I know Josh has earned plenty of headaches with this. Yeah, so. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I went and sighted it in, put 80 rounds through it. So that means it's had about 100 and probably about 110 through it because he uh, threw a, he told me he threw a full auto lower on it just to, you know, run it through the system, make sure everything's shot fine. He said he shot a 30 round mag through it. So it puts me at 110 rounds and uh, looked at it. Thing looks still completely clean. Like we pulled the bolt, disassembled the bolt, hardly anything, hardly anything dirty. So it's, uh, it's great. Do you have a, do you have a particular site that you prefer? My EOTech. EOTech. Yeah. So I think it's the best. So you don't think the iron sights are very uh, appealing? No, I like the iron sights, but you only use the iron sights when your when your EOTech goes down. <laughs> it's your backup sights. <laughs> that's that's exactly what iron sights are. They're supposed to be your backup sights. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah, I would I would argue I'd say I go with my I go with my EOTech for kind of a distance shot. Um, I'd go with my iron sights if my AOTech isn't working, and then for close range, you use the use the lasers. So I know that you were trying to get a knife on the end of the gun, right? But you didn't yeah. keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. We, we we decided too much of a hassle. Really, what it boiled down to was uh, what do they call those? A 
Uh, I'd already waited four dog years, and I'm not going to wait three more just to get the freaking <laughs> knife made so it can mount to the gun. I was tired. My gun was done. I saw it done, and I'm like, I, I just give it to me. I want to shoot it. What do they it's call that? What do they call a knife at the end of a gun? A beret? A, 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 a bayonet. A bayonet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when you first told me that. Like, when I get my gun, I'm going to put a knife at the end. You know, I still might. I still might. I can still go tell them. No, do it. Here's my gun back. Do it. I mean. <laughs> They owe me. I've already paid for it, and so I, well, it's, I know. You know yeah, you are. Guys, going to either do trade for something else, but yeah, I could go say that. But I'm to the point where I'm like, I don't think you, know, you guys are going to touch my gun again. It's mine. I'm sick of you guys having it. Yeah, and so. you're and you're getting a knife or something out of it anyway, so it's not a big deal. But well, yeah, because I already paid for the knife, so I'm getting the knife, and then I'm going to get something else on top of it. So yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Like, so, so what? So, what's the knife for, Josh? After you shoot them, you're just going <laughs> to carve them up, make sure they're dead. <laughs> Well, the zombies, man, he, you got to behead them, right? <laughs> Something like that. I mean, isn't it if you shoot an animal, you should go skin it? Isn't that what you do in Red yeah. Dead Redemption? You know, That's true. So. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, it's That's pretty exciting news. I, I, I'll have to, I'll even make sure that I, I make the official announcement. It's a pretty cool looking gun. And, uh, and the fact that you've got your custom serial number and, Everything else. Well, it's is not a. It's not a. Not a serial not a, number. It's the well, but it's not, Yeah. It, well, it's not a custom serial number. It's when when gun manufacturers make guns, they you know their first gun they make is their serial number one. Their next one right. serial number. Right. Two, next one serial number three. Well, if you jump in early enough with the with the gun builder, you can get one of the lowest serial numbers they've got. Now, some of them hold those serial numbers, those lower one, the you know those lower ones, and then they want to charge more for them. Right. Well, he was actually holding this for a friend of his, but the friend said, "Yeah, I want it," but his friend never provided the money, and the guy's been holding it because I think he's up around five or six hundred now for his serial numbers on his AR-15s, and so he was—he's sitting on this number. And when he came and he met me, and I said, "Well, this is what I want," he thought I was going to buy a gas gun, and I said, "No, I want a piston operating system," and I explained, "This is what I want." And I want this on it. And, and he had he had five or six of his ARs there. And I said, well, it has to be a piston gun. He goes, I don't have any. He goes, I only make those custom. And so I said, well, and I'm looking at his five because each one of them is different. I said, well, I want this on it, but I don't want this. And I want this on it, and I don't want this. And I want this on it, and I don't want this. And he started realizing, okay, this guy knows exactly what he wants in his gun. He knows how he wants it to look. He knows how he wants it to feel in his hands. He knows what weight he wants. He, he knows how long he wants the rails and everything. And so when, I, when we got into it and we were talking, and I said, the other thing I want to do is I want, a, I want a really low serial number. And so I asked him, what do you got? And he goes, well, I still have lucky number 13. And I said, yeah, but the thing is, is I don't think lucky number 13 means anything to me. I go, I want a low serial number. And he goes, well, here's the deal, man. I have, I have serial number 003 left, which is, you know, the third. Right. So if you want it, it's yours. But if you want it, I need a down payment before I go back because I'm actually supposed to be holding this for my buddy, but he's never paid me. And I've been sitting on it for a couple of years. So I said, that's the one I want. And so I gave him my money. And even the day he gave me the gun, he goes, my friend is going to be so pissed. And I go, well, your friend should have given you the money. Because at <laughs> least I came through. So, and that and that's how I got it. So it's not really a custom serial number. It's uh, it's just Man, I was able to get, yeah, I was, you know, I basically, if you, if, when, when push comes to shove down the line, I can actually say I have the third one he made. And, and that's what it means. So. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. That, I mean, it's a little bit of bragging rights, but it's it's pretty cool actually. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. So here we are at the end of another episode, episode three. Thanks for listening, you guys. Um, 
just as a recap, uh, we reviewed the book Gideon's Sword by Douglas Preston Lincoln Child. I gave it a three or four out of ten. Josh, you gave it a seven. Yep. Um, and if you're going to listen, listen or read any of their books, Eight. start with something else. It, no, but if you combine us, that's a ten. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, th- a ten out of twenty then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then uh, segment two, we did John Panette. Both rave about his comedy and his albums. Go out, buy his stuff, um, and see him if he comes to your town. Good stuff. Heck yeah, yeah. And John, come back. It was awesome. Yeah. Come back. And write your book. I hope you put some recipes in there if it's a, if it's a cooking book. Exactly. <laughs> uh, segment, segment number three, we talked about Reznor. We really could have carried a whole episode on this guy. And I and this won't be the last time we'll talk about him. I can that's guarantee just, that. That's just what I was gonna say. We we will definitely be talking about Trent again. So yeah. So if that bothers you, sorry, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, or or go make go look at your music library and realize you've been listening to crappy music this whole time, and you should get some <laughs> Resner music in there. And then segment number four, we talked about obviously who uh, Josh's new AR15. So. Because everybody wants to hear about me. Yeah, everybody everybody wants to hear about Josh and, and get guess. and get bored silly. I figured we put that at the end of the episode so people could just cut it off early. Nice. <laughs> like, oh, all right, we've had enough of this. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, as always, uh, we appreciate you listening. You can email us at Tom at My Diversion, Josh at My Diversion. Find us on the web at MyDiversion.com. Let us know what you think. You know, I, I imagine that in the future we'll have future episodes where we read emails, and except for the ones that suck, we won't read those. We'll just skip over those. But yeah, so thanks for listening. Anything else from you, Josh? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Thanks for yeah. You have been listening to the My Diversion podcast. Find us on the web at mydiversion.com.